Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. Continuing on. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at One Collision. One Collision County Line there in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. Did a great job when I had a fender bender in my car uh, about eight months ago. And they can do the same for you. They did a spectacular job. So much so that that's when I said, hey, you, you let me advertise you guys because they did great work. That's one collision county line. A couple of things about them. One is they work great with the insurance companies. They work great with you when it comes to your deductible. But also, every step of the way, along the way, they text you. You get a text message that lets you know where your car is in progress. So check out our friends at One Collision County Line, Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, 262-251-1700, 262-251-1700. Again, 262-251-1700. So there you go. That's One Collision County Line. Good to have them on board uh, this year as well. So uh, you got headlines around Major League Baseball right now and the, the uh, spring training camps, Grant? Yeah, well, I just wrote down a, a list of some things that have been going on because you've been out a few days. Uh, I don't have any special music or anything. Now, I, I do. I'll do my best to make sure the segment is a home run. Um, it's the worst joke I've ever made. Pardon I, the pun. <laughs> Pardon the pun. <laughs> but I, I don't have any music or anything. I just had a couple of things I want to talk about. Have you, we'll start with this. Have you been seeing pictures of the new MLB jerseys this year? Fanatics is doing them, and a lot of players are pissed because they look and they feel really, really cheap. Have you seen any pictures? I have not, to be honest with you. Are, are, now, Fanatics is doing – are you talking about every team's going to get the game jerseys done by Fanatics? Yeah, and they look like – you know how you can order, like, fake jerseys from China? Yeah. That's what yeah. they look like. They don't have stitching. They have, like, screen printing on the jerseys. The material is really thin, so much so where now today we're seeing team pictures that are being released, and you can see the the tail of the jersey through the pant legs because the material is so cheap. It looks terrible. you got to look yeah. at some of these pictures if you if you haven't seen them. Um, I, I'm kind of looking at it now, and it, yeah, it's, uh, they're not good. <laughs> it's not good. They're not good. Uh, look, I let me say this. I would never – I would buy, like, T-shirts and stuff from Fanatics, but that's it. Most of the stuff, I look for Majestic. I look for New Era. I, I If you're going to buy something, if you're going to get something that's real, you get it from them. I, I, I've never been a Fanatics person. And Fanatics, uh, between you and me, Fanatics kind of sucks. Their, their sizing sucks. One time you'll get it, and it'll be huge. The next time you get the exact same size, and it's tiny which is the same stuff I get when I order off of Amazon and it comes from China. It, it just, it's not good. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why they decided to go. Fanatics must have paid a ton of money. Uh, I know Fanatics carries the, what is it, the Aaron Andrews collection and all that kind of stuff. I know that they've signed deals with big names to put their, put their clothing out there. But it, I thought this was kind of a joke. I thought it was for like a one-off. I didn't realize it was for the, for the uh, you know, the season-long, you know, jerseys and uniforms and such it that's terrible so i don't wear jerseys a lot i would spend 120 dollars on a brewer's jersey i don't know if i'd get a specific one but like a real nice one that i can yeah. wear to games or like wear around in the summer if it's got the stitching and the and it looks really nice like right. 120 bucks like that's that's a fine investment i'll spend that much money not if they look like this they look no. like crap and i i sent you a couple of pictures on messenger like this portrait of shohei otani you can see the you can see right through his pants looks terrible. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's not good. I hate the Cardinals, but the Cardinals have beautiful jerseys, okay? Right. It's really hard to make those jerseys look bad, and they look they look yeah. pretty bad. So, yep. 
Uh, go look at pictures. If, you, if you're hearing this and you don't know what I'm talking about, just go on Facebook or Twitter. Just look up MLB jerseys and everyone's talking about it. Um, something else yeah. I wanted to bring up, Bill. Free agency. This isn't something that we've really talked about yet today. Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, and a couple of others. They're all remaining free agents. Spring training games start tomorrow. And the four big ones, Snell, Montgomery, Bellinger, Chapman, they're all rep by Boris, and baseball writers right. have been referring to them as the Boris Four. And I guess we've learned, uh, uh, not Ricketts, but the the GM, Jed Hoyer of the Cubs, has said, yeah, he calls owners. Boris will just call an owner. He'll bypass the GM completely. Right, right. It's really messed up this cycle, and there's some really good baseball players that aren't playing in spring training, which sucks. Yeah, and this is not uh, unusual. Uh, the one thing about Boris is that he'll work with mid-level guys. He'll work with teams and he'll find a, a, a good deal and a good place for his guys. But when he's got big names, he almost bullies them out of a season of baseball uh, just because he is going to hold out and hold out and hold out and hold out. And then finally it'll get done. But he's done this before and we've seen his kind of antics and, and, which is weird because the Brewers have actually dealt with him on numerous players in the past. And you always think, oh, my God. Like, you know, Scott Boris was Corbin, is Corbin Burns' guy. And you, you knew that Corbin Burns is headed to free agency. He's not going to sign with anybody. So this is going to be Corbin Burns next year. But Scott Boris is in many franchises uh, like a dirty word. They don't even want to hear it because he's just he, – he is hell-bent on taking his guys to free agency, and he will play one owner against the other, and which is his job, but it's almost to the point where he does some dirty pull at times. And, and so, I man, I don't have any sympathy for him. You know what you get when you sign up with him. You're going to sit out. You're going to go to free agency. You're going to be a dirty word, and then finally you're going to get paid. My question is this. Is there that kind of money that's out there? There's a lot of teams that have kind of went all in on big players and they've spent a ton of money and they don't have any more money to spend. Or if they do, they're not going to they're not going to tip their 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 hat to it. But can they really add a Blake Snell at another 250 million dollars on some of these big teams and add another 25 million dollar payroll or 30 million dollar or 40 million dollars to their payroll? I don't I there's there's no, I mean, first of all, eliminate three quarters of the league. There's only five or six teams that could probably do that, and they've already spent big money on big players. So I, I sometimes when Boris does this, I don't know. I, I mean, I know he wants to get the most for his client, but there's only there's already so many teams that are out there with bad contracts that have eaten a lot of money, and and they're not getting they're not getting the revenue or they're not getting the return for it, and certainly revenue's not coming in because of it. So I I don't know. Well, I, I that that's that's you know to me, let them sit, and that might be what owners are saying. Let them sit. Well, and these these owners, we'll talk about it in a minute. When I mean, they can really team up and make things happen for better or for worse when they want to, and they can right. be really stubborn. And and they always don't really care what fans have. Well, they don't care what fans have to say, right? They've never cared, and that's kind of like part of a union or part of a collection. Right. Of like that's how you get things done. Don't get me wrong. Ken Rosendahl wrote about this today. Comments from the Rays GM, the Giants GM, and they're all like, look, at this point, our team's figured out, like, we're moving on. Like, we've right. got our team set. We're going into camp. So I think you're absolutely right. There might be two, three, four teams with this money in general, and I think at least a couple of them have already moved on. They're like, we're not we're not yeah. playing this game. It's the it's almost March. Um, and this is bad for fans. Like, when, when free agency's drawn out over months, we lose interest. The NFL, it all happens in a couple of days. You know, yeah. the NBA happens in a couple of days. So fans suffer from this, too. 
Right. No, I agree. I, I just, man, I just wonder how many teams out there are really going to say, yeah, no problem. We, we got this. And, and the teams that would do it are the teams that now have already spent big money anyway. So I, I don't know. I, I Somebody's going to pay it, and that's kind of what Scott Boris looks at. He's like, nah, somebody's going to pay me. You know, I'll, I'll get it done. Don't worry about it. I don't know. But, man. It's lame. I, I wonder yep. if there's something that Rob Manfred could do. Like, if you constrained free agency to a four-week period, say. And now the the union would never go for that because that would put a deadlines. They're going to keep prices down, all that stuff. But it right. would certainly be better for fans when it's the off season and we could be focused on you know, moves like that, but whatever. We'll have to see how it plays out. Uh, one more thing. You mentioned owners. Jerry Reinsdorf met with state legislatures yesterday. He's seeking a billion dollars in public funding. He said, well, we might relocate downtown. We might do this. We might do that. So if you're keeping track, I looked this up today. In the last six months alone, the Rays, the Orioles, the A's, the White Sox, the Brewers, the Diamondbacks, just the other day, 20% of the major leagues have directly made threats or some sort of implication that if we don't get funding, we're going to do this or we're going to move. We don't know. That seems like a problem to me. That's a, yeah. that's a big portion of the league. Now, here's the other thought is they just had a, uh, an article I saw yesterday. I started to read it. It's about the expansion. How by 2030, I think, uh, MLB is going to expand again. And they're going to go to 32 teams. Nashville and I think it was in Vegas. There was somebody else that was on the docket that would get a team. And th- they said, look, this is where they're going to go. So if you are a team that is now threatening, oh, by the way, I might move, you might be running out of cities that are capable of handling this. Do you really think they're going to put another team like in San Antonio? Do you think they're going to put another team in New York or upstate New York? Do you, you know, like in Buffalo? Do you, you know, I know there's there's some talk about moving some teams around as well, but I I, there's only so many places you can go now. It's kind of like what the deal you have, you're going to have to kind of figure out unless you move to another city and a, you know, a city that doesn't have a team that lost a team wants to take back a new team and give you everything in the world to stay there for the next 30 years. And then you're going to be unhappy with that. And you're going to move. I, I don't know. I, I know baseball wants to expand. I know they want to continue to grow and I know they want to be, uh, you know, they want to be back on top. They want to be the national pastime, but there's only so many places that are now willing to say, you know, Nashville is obviously one, and and what that'll do to the Nashville sounds, I don't know, but Nashville's a, they're pining for a major league baseball team. They want one there. Obviously, uh, Las Vegas is going to get one, um, and we believe it's going to be the Oakland A's. But when we were out there, you saw the headline where the mayor of Las Vegas said, "Go, you better negotiate with Oakland, try to get a deal with Oakland." Because there's only so much money to go around out here, and some people are cooling a little bit on the idea of bringing a Major League Baseball team to Las Vegas. Now, I think that's all smoke to maybe get a better deal, but that's something that's going on out there as well. So you figure there's going to be eventually a baseball team in Las Vegas. I don't know where else you're going to start sticking them. There's only so many cities that can handle that and where it's going to be viable. And if you say get a team like, I don't know, one of these subpar teams that have been you – know, take a team like Pittsburgh. Say Pittsburgh leaves. Who's going to want them? Who's going to beg to get Pittsburgh? And then when you do, if you get there and you're the same old, same old, and you're not winning in a smaller market, how many people are you going to draw? It's going to be a worse situation. So I don't know what baseball's thinking right now with all these we're going to threaten to move. I think baseball is – they're kind of at a crossroads right now. They did a good job with the uh, pitch clock last year, speeding up the games, making it more exciting. They've got some good, exciting talent. 
But I think baseball's at a little bit of a crossroads right now in this decade that we're looking at as far as being able to just pick up and move. Well, and I don't even know if the location is the point, right? When you threaten to move, it's about the threat. And this is why right. baseball owners – I and, and I, I, I don't know that I can compare this to the NBA or the NFL because baseball's weird, but all these owners are realizing, okay, so – Mark Gatnasi over in Milwaukee, he just had to threaten to move a couple of times, and that put a little pressure. Okay, so I'll do the same thing, right? These agent, these owners, they give the playbook to the rest of the league on how to get these things done. I don't think that any – like, Mark Gatnasio doesn't want to move the team, but that's just something you say to right. put a little pressure, right? So I, I, I get a little scared when these – like John Fisher with the A's now. Like, he kind of put the playbook out on how to get a team moved. It's like, well, we'll just suck for so long that no one shows up, and then we'll kind of have no choice right. to move. Right. So how long is it before another owner kind of follows or tries to follow that playbook? Right. Yeah. No, I, I completely get it. I completely get it. Um, let's do this. So what else do you got? Anything else? Well, one thing about the A's, I didn't understand this at all, but Evan Drellich of The Athletic reported last week that Sacramento is emerging as the front runner to host the A's for the next two years or the next couple of years because they right. got to get a new ballpark built. I didn't even know that was in the cards. That would be bizarre. Right. Right. That would, nope, I completely that, agree. That would be the weirdest thing. It's like, well, we're going to move to Vegas, but go hang out in Sacramento for a couple of years. I, what a mess. Every part of that is a mess. It's it's a terrible situation. And and the other thing that, uh, you know, you got to understand, because I know people say, wow, you know, you can't move these baseball teams around. It would be a shame to lose it. Oakland is a sinkhole. It, it's t- the, the crime rate and everything about it is terrible. And they've made these offers, but the city itself is awful. It's it's a terrible, terrible, terrible place to even think about being. So, yeah, I get that it, you hate to see these traditional teams move around, but th- there's some other there's some other things to be argued here. First of all, the stadium sucks, and they they have to get a new stadium. But the second thing is is the, that that's a sinkhole, man. That I don't. If I'm a ball player, would I even want to go to Oakland? Would I even want to move my family to Oakland? And the answer is emphatically no. Would I want to go anywhere in California? Maybe, maybe San Diego, but L.A. is no better, and they've got two teams there that, you know, that whole area is going down fast, and San Francisco's a toilet. Would I even want to go live there? You know, that's the other thing that they've got to fight. At least here, we've got a place that, you know, especially during the summertime that everybody wants to be a part of here in, uh, you know, Wisconsin. So I'd, I'd if somebody came to me and I'm a ball player and said, hey, we'll pay you $15 million to go to Milwaukee versus – 25 million to go to LA. I'm going to Milwaukee. I'll take the 10 million less because you're still going to pay a lot more taxes living out there than you are here. And plus you don't have to have that, you know, lower end quality of life, so to speak. So anyway, all right, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We got a lot more. Maybe I'm a little jaded. Yes, but I've been to both places. I've lived uh, for a little short period of time in both places. And uh, I've been here now 20, 25 years. As a matter of fact, coming up in a couple of weeks, but yeah, I'd, I'd stay in Wisconsin far before I'd ever, ever think of venturing out to Calacrapia. That's for sure. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Bill Michaels Show. Coming up tonight, you got number seven Marquette there at home at the Pfizer Forum taking on DePaul. And 
That should be a win. DePaul has gone back to being DePaul, the bad DePaul. They are 3-22 and on the season. They are 0-14 in Big East play. And Marquette should just roll tonight. Marquette, uh, 19 and six overall, 10 and four in the Big East, having a hell of a season. Number seven in the country right now. You got the Badgers getting a win last night. But the one team that we have not talked a lot about, and I we've mentioned it, uh, you know, more than a few times on the program. So I can't say uh, altogether we've completely forgot about him. But uh, the the one team that we have not mentioned nearly enough is out of the Horizon League has been. UW Green Bay, and they have right now they're tied for first place, but they've been in first place for most of the season. They're tied for first place right now. Uh, with I think they're actually speaking of Oakland. I think they're a half game behind Oakland, if I'm not mistaken. If I read correctly yesterday, anyway. Long story short, they put together out of one of the classic spoofs from the movie Major League, they put together this piece and put it out on uh, Facebook and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Take a listen to this. This is the uh, UW Green Bay men's basketball team. Hello, you know us. We're the Northeast Wisconsin's Division I college basketball team. But since we haven't won a league title in over 10 years, no one even recognizes us, not even in our own hometown. That's why we carry our trusty cheese head. No matter how far we are out of first place, it's cool. It keeps us from getting blocked out of our favorite restaurants and hotels such as Hagemeister and the bar. So if you're looking for some Rosalie clout, come rock the crest this weekend with other cheeseheads. Look what it's done for us. People still don't recognize us, but we're contenders now. Rock the crest. We no doubt about it. That is awesome. That is awesome. UW Green Bay the uh, the Phoenix uh, men's basketball program and they're half game back uh, right behind Oakland right now and they have been on top for pretty much the entire season. What a great great spot! A spoof off of the movie Major League. That is awesome. I love it. That is good stuff. Grant Grant, you ran across it. I can't take credit for that. You ran across that. I I just love the whole scene and Major League's just incredible. I know everyone loves it and it's been said a million times, but you could watch that movie once a week. I'd never get sick of it. Yeah. That is just that is great. That is great great stuff. So, taking a spoof off of the uh off of the the baseball's movie that is Major League. That's I I love it. And I love I, it. I don't know who it is, but the guy in the front row who says people still don't recognize us. Like he's <laughs> trying so hard not to crack a smile. Right. Like it's it's pretty funny to watch. So go to there. I like I saw it on the Green Bay Men's Basketball Twitter account. Go watch it too cuz it's Yeah. That's well done. That's good stuff. Good that is great. Uh, by the way, the spe- uh, speculation surrounding the 2024 salary cap indicates that it might be in the area for NFL this year of $242 million. That's the number that the salary cap, uh, as far as over the cap goes and sport track goes, that's what they've been working with, according to many estimations. That puts the San Francisco 49ers $12.5 million over the cap. Now, they have got Brandon Ayuk. They need to sign to a long-term deal. They would then have to either restructure the contract of some high-priced stars, uh, make out some difficult roster uh, moves. Uh, According to Pro Football Talk, uh, the recent reports hit at a higher-than-expected salary cap, so that would be good for them and good for the Packers for that matter. But 
Uh, they said it could be upwards of 243, or maybe there's been some sources that they've said could say it actually could be more. But most notably, Brock Purdy's contract extension begins next, not this year, next year, next year. So it says it's going to be closer to $250 million, the salary cap, but they have got deals that they need to do with Debo. They got deals they need to do with Bosa. They got deals they need to do with McCaffrey. They got, I mean, they have got a lot of guys. Uh, Kittle, uh, a lot of their guys in the next year or two are going to start coming up on some of these bigger hits via salary cap. And uh, that, you know, it, uh, by the way, Kyle Yushik, uh could be a salary cap casualty his wife being the the woman that made all the jackets for Taylor Swift and such, and she's got her own NFL clothing line out now. But uh, Yusek, uh, he could be on the uh, on the gone list, but they've got a lot. Dre Greenlaw, they got to restructure his deal. So for the 49ers, they're in uh, salary cap jail right now. they got to do a lot of figuring because they believe that is the window right now. Because if the window's not, then you got to move on. But that's what they've got to figure out is the window right now. And if it is, what moves are they going to make and how deep are they going to go into salary cap jail to be able to keep that thing together for at least another year or two? Because now they've got at least a quarterback that can get them there. But, uh, you know, they've got to figure out the rest of these guys, all the, uh, all the supporting cast. So they have that. Um, what else? do uh, We'll get into some of the what do we miss coming up a little bit later on. But is there anything else that I've kind of glossed over today? I know there's some NFL news I want to get into. But is there anything else I've glossed over today, Grant? Um, glossed would be, I mean, it's been so busy. How do you have time to get to absolutely everything? One thing that I sent you and we didn't make mention of when we were talking about the Brewers is that Pat Murphy specifically and explicitly said today that Sal Freelich's going to play in the infield in games this weekend. So this has not just been a little experiment where they're trying him out. They're going to play him in games right away this weekend in the infield. So I think that's significant. Okay. Well, that is, um, especially with the way you've got a little bit of a log jam in the outfield. And it certainly tells you also that they are not, uh, by any stretch of the imagination, sure of what they had over at the third base position. So we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes this weekend as well. I, and, you know, I'll I tell you this. I The one thing I hope with Sal Freelich is if they do move him, it doesn't affect his offense. I hope it doesn't affect his offense. The big thing about playing the infield is not necessarily being able to scoop up ground balls. It's the accuracy of the arm from, you know, third to first and, and you know, all around the infield. I mean, that's the big thing is the accuracy of the arm. Uh, in the meantime, on the Max Crosby Rush podcast, uh, Antonio Pierce discussed how he got his team ready to play the Chiefs before they pulled off the uh, 2014 Christmas Day upset. Uh, in the weeks before the game, Pierce said, uh, then interim coach, by the way, expressed to his team that they needed to, quote, hate the color red and showed them videos of famous boxers and MMA fights and how the NBA's Detroit Pistons approached their playing of the Hall of Fame Michael Jordan. He said, we've got Jordan rules, and what I'm calling them from now on is Mahomes rules. So you remember when Jordan was going through it with the Pistons, all those guys in the 80s before he became Michael Jordan and Air Jordan and everything, the Pistons used to kind of whip up on him, so to speak. They pushed him around a lot, and anytime he came to the hole, elbows, Anything they could do, get him to the ground, make sure that he felt like he couldn't go to the hoop. That was it. So they said that uh, Antonio Pierce said that when we face Patrick Mahomes from now on, we have Mahomes rules. And that is 
If you can go to the gray area, go to the gray area. Bring back the old, uh, you know, the old Oakland Raider mystique, if you will, the Raider mystique, and be able to bring it back. And uh, quote, "Don't hurt them, but we're going to let them know the Raiders are back." The Raiders sacked Mahomes four times and finished with ten quarterback hits. They also scored two defensive touchdowns, including the pick six of Mahomes by cornerback Jack Jones. The four sacks tied for the second most uh, on Mahomes in a game in his career. And after the game, the Chiefs went on to win six straight, including the four playoff games, culminating the Super Bowl victory against the 49ers. So they didn't get a chance to knock him out of the postseason. But nevertheless, they were one of the only teams who really beat up on him this past season. So they say going into next year when they face him in the division, there are Mahomes rules. There you go. I, I love that, by the way, and I love that uh, Antonio Pierce thinks that they have some recipe, like you said the other day, to beat the Chiefs. Your quarterback is Aiden O'Connell, so right. as far as I'm concerned, you're sitting at the kiddie table when exactly. it comes to that division in Patrick Mahomes. I get it in defending him, but uh, now here's the question. Do you think Luke Getze is really going to be the guy to lead that offense into the next you know couple of years and really take it to another level? Ask After Bears fans. witnessed in Chicago? Yeah. Ask Chicago Bears fans Ooh. what they would say because they would give you a, a very harsh answer. I don't know. I, I don't know that much about his role in the offense when Aaron Rodgers right. was here, and I, I don't know. But Bears fans would tell you absolutely not. Yeah. Boy. New, I would say not. I mean, he had a chance. I mean, it, here's the other thing. Uh, chances are Las Vegas is going to draft one of these, you know, top five, six quarterbacks. They're going to go after a quarterback. And do you really want him being the guy that's going to lead your next quarterback? I don't, I don't, I don't think so, you know. But that's the direction they went. They also brought in Marvin Lewis. I like that. I, I like that hire, but I'm not a fan of uh, Luke Getzey bringing Luke Getzey in. Uh, all right, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break, come back. We got more. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. You can get up to up to zero percent for sixty months with our friends from Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Up to sixty months, zero percent, and that'll put you into a whole lot of new good stuff with a smile on your face. If your house, if you're looking, I mean, this was a a, a mild winter, to say the very least. But if you're still getting, you know, a little bit of that draft through the windows, leaky doors, maybe they're starting to rot a little bit, whatever. Or you just want to kind of add value to your home. Uh, it's a great way to do it. That's our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com. Whether it's the windows, the doors, plenty of different lines and models for to, to fit your taste or your budget. And in addition to that, uh, your safety uh, at night. So when you lay your head down, you know nobody's uh, coming through those windows or doors, not at all. So all you got to do is give them a call, 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. Or call them, PELLAWI.com. That's uh, PELLAWI.com. You can uh, go online and check it out. But great stuff from our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And you can get up to 60 months, 60 months, 0% financing now. It's up to 60 months. Good way to go. Um. This is uh, uh, some of the comments that were over on the uh, live stream. And I wanted to kind of address this because I thought it was rather interesting. That said, uh, I was talking about uh, that 
great counsel and that where the, this team is where they're supposed to be when it comes to the thought of only winning 75, 76 games. Uh, Nick says, I think Council benefited from a great front office during his time. How will he do with the Cubs? Uh, I don't know. Doug Melvin was not successful drafting or obtaining good pitching. Stearns was a big part of why Council had a great pitching staff for almost all of his managing tenure. Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they had Corbin Burns for a few years. But it's like they just would find good pitching. Um, they had a pretty good team when you had, you know, um, you, you go back some years, back to the 2018 team. That was a pretty good team. They had the ability to win some games. Um, now, you know, man, Craig hasn't been managing for 20 years, but uh, the rebuild started when Doug Melvin made the trade for Carlos Gomez, remember, and then Hater was added, and then things began to really kind of happen, and they knew they had to tear it down to build it back up. So I don't know if I'm going to go back to Doug Melvin. I mean, Doug Melvin was the guy that brought CeCe in. You know, it's like, come on. They they found pitching. They had some good pitching. They also had some unfortunate uh, injuries, too, that happened. Jimmy Nelson got hurt. Um, um not Freddie Peralta it was uh was it uh, Willie Peralta Willie Peralta got hurt um you know Ben Sheets obviously had uh, an injury on injury on the finger going into the end of the season so there was a there was quite a few things that did not work out for them uh when Doug Melvin was here but that, look that was coming off of the end of the Ned Yost era for guys sakes going way back but I'm I was good with I think Craig Council there's a reason he was sought after and there was a reason everybody was talking about him, and I think it's because he did more with probably less than anything. Um, Rob Dog says, by the way, the worst part uh, is that the new jerseys that are through Fanatics cost 175 bucks even before tax. Really? You don't you think, Grant, that that the players screaming about the uniform deal that they're going to do something? They're going to have to do something before this really gets bad. One would think, one would hope, but you know, how often have we seen billionaire owners in all sports just, just ignore, ignore what the right. players are saying, ignore what the fans are saying. I, I don't know. They just look crappy and parted like a baseball jersey's supposed to look good. They wear them every day, like it's just a bummer. Right. No, I I would agree with that. Um, and they're just they they just feel cheap. They just look cheap, for lack of a better term. You know, they just look cheap. Um, this one is from uh, from Mark, who says, I believe that everybody looking at the Milwaukee Brewers, they are probably overestimating their win total. This is not a good team. They're going to suck for a couple of years. See, I, how, how do you – how would you say that with a team of basically the same guys in upgraded first base and – you only lost one pitcher. How how would you say they suck? Is it just because you think that everybody overplayed their their capability last year? Remember, this was a team that couldn't score for a long time and then figured it out and started hitting. 
Um, Alex says the unknown of the young guys and how they're going to play take away 15 wins from Burns and Woodruff from last year. Uh, the starting pitching room is a toss up with who's going to perform well and how well they're going to perform. I can see it. 15 wins, 15 wins. That's so many wins. That's I, I don't necessarily. So that means anybody you bring in is not going to get a win. That's what you're banking on. So anybody you bring in from last season is not going to, you know, any anybody that you're bringing in to fill the bill for this year is not going to get a win. That's kind of what you're looking at. See, I that's I, I don't I think that's crazy. And anyone who brings up the idea of a rebuild, like I don't mean to talk down to you, but have you not listened to anything that anyone in the Brewers have said for the last five years? Like they go out of their way to tell you we don't rebuild. We're never yeah. going to rebuild. We're never going to go all in. David Stern said bites at the apple. Like he, he came out and said it. That's not the Brewers don't rebuild. Right. Certainly not for a couple of years. See, I, I don't I I don't know. I don't I don't see where they're where they're going with this. I just don't. Uh okay, you look at Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns, nineteen quality starts last year, threw in thirty two games. He was ten and eight. Freddie Peralta had thirty starts last year, uh sixteen quality starts was twelve and ten. You go all the way down, you find Woodruff. Woodruff had 11 starts. It wasn't like Woodruff started 30 games last year. He was 5-1. and one. He was pitching really well. Don't get me wrong. So what you're saying is, is that the 10 wins by Burns and the 5 wins by Woodruff, nobody's going to be able to make up. Therefore, that's the 15-game swing. What about when Woodruff wasn't in? So if you go 11, that's what, 55 games into the season? If you're pitching every five days? 55 game, fifty-five games in in a 162-game season, that means 110 games were played without him. And the Brewers still ended up in the postseason. Now, they didn't have massive – I mean, Wade Miley only threw 23 starts last year, went 9-4. and four. So he, But he had a 314 ERA, did not throw bad. Adrian Hauser? 21 starts, went 8 and 5. But a lot of this was just get you to a manageable point in the in the game. But that was it for the starters. You had 11 starters out of 11 starts out of Woodruff. You had Tehran had 11 starts. You had 21 starts out of Hauser, 23 starts out of Miley, 22 starts out of Colin Ray, 30 starts out of Peralta, Peralta and 32 out of Corbin Burns. It wasn't like the, the the Burns thing I can completely accept. Say if whoever you get to fill the Burns spot only goes so what out of out of eighteen games, say they go eight and ten. Okay? Sub five hundred, but not terrible. Eight and ten. Well, that's only seven games. Or no, that's uh two games less than what Corbin Burns won. If they go eight and ten. Or let's say they go out of eighteen games, say they Go seven and eleven. That's still only three games less than what Corbin. That's not a fifteen-game swing. That's what I don't understand. Is you know you can lose one starter and you can lose a little bit of kind of mojo in your rotation, but you're not going to lose fifteen games because of it. That's what I don't understand. Just for reference, like the best players in baseball. If we're talking about wins above replacement, so if we're if we're attributing yeah. a certain number of wins to like the be- the very very best players in baseball, it's like three or four. No one's worth right. no one's worth fifteen wins. That's nuts. Right? Exactly. 
Exactly. That's why it's so hard to believe that that's where they're picking them. Uh, let's do this. We'll come back. We'll kind of look at a few things of what do we miss, and uh, we'll kind of figure out uh, a few more things that have been said over on the live stream. We'll get into all of that as well. Stay tuned. Got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Another segment coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hey, the Water Doctors, been with us a long time. Great people. Great place. Uh, I will say this. When you jump in the shower after doing what I did this past weekend and you're trying to clean up some wounds, uh, it's nice to have the soft water. Oh, it does make a difference. It really, really does. I, there's so many things I can talk about, but it does. Uh, if you want some of the best water and the best water softening system out there, that's the Connecticut Water Softening System. And uh, John Atley and his staff, they continue to give back to veterans' causes, such as Fisher House, Wisconsin, also the motorcycle ride coming up uh, on uh, Labor Day weekend this year. Uh, call them, 262-549-7733, 262-549-7733. That is the Water Doctors in uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin, but they help people all over the state of Wisconsin. So if you uh, say, even if you live up in Menominee, Marinette, they, if they don't service it, they can get you in touch with the right people there. So get a hold of them. Again, 262-549-7733, 262-549-7733. That's the Water Doctors. Give them a shout or go to h2o.doctors.com, h2o.doctors.com. Alex says the quality of pitching is what you're losing. You, know, you could win a game 2-1 to one or 1-0 one because of Burns or Woodruff. You no longer have that. That I understand. But I also believe their offense is better. Am, am I the yeah, only one that watched Adrian Hauser and Colin Ray start a ton of games last year and Eric Lauer in the beginning of the year? Like, yeah, they lost Burns. Totally. 100% yeah. lost Burns. They, they will get worse because of that. But let's not act like the rest of their rotation was unbelievable last year. It was mostly guys like this. Right. And he said, well, they they overachieved. Now, if you want to say they overachieved last year, you want to believe that, that's fine. I can't argue that. But I can sit here and look at a lot of games in which the the Brewers were in and they didn't hit, uh, especially at the beginning of the season. This team was bereft of hits. They just didn't hit the ball at all. And we talked a lot about that. And then the young guys started coming up and suddenly we started to see averages go up. And even Christian Yelich, mid-portion of the season, his average started to go up. So if you want to say they overachieved, okay, maybe they overachieved. That I can live with and just say, okay, hopefully they can do it and replicate it again this year. But I don't think just the loss of Burns and Woodruff in 11 starts, a total of 55 games, is is that detrimental. In 11 games, you're talking about a losing 11 games out of Brandon Woodruff. That was it. So for the rest of the season, they didn't have Corbin or didn't have Brandon Woodruff. So I, I, I'm not buying the all of a sudden they're going to go to 76 wins on this season. You think they overachieved in one-run games? Totally. I could hear that. But then they come crashing back down to earth by like five, six games. And, right. and, I'm, and you're getting comments that they're going to stink and rebuild. That No, you don't come back down to no. earth that much. The swings, no. you lose a good player, get a good player. Guys, the swings aren't as violent as we're discussing here. It's, and it's the other static. thing that John Heyman said was, or Bob Nightingale said was, that this is still the second-best minor league system in all of baseball. So as far as rebuild goes, they're not rebuilding anything. 
They've got all they're maybe looking for is another arm, but they've got the the young guys are now starting to come up, and they're here and they're here to they're here to to grow and get better. They, if you want to say last year was lucky or they overachieved, okay, that's fine. But this is also a minor league system that that the Brewers have that's supposed to be even better. So I don't know why I wouldn't expect anything to get worse on this team. Uh, Randy says your backhand bullpen cannot pitch the front half of the games for the whole season. Peralta is just a number three, Miley too injury prone. Well, that's fine. You're not going to happen. Not going to happen. So I can look at a lot of good baseball teams that had good minor league system. The Reds, their, their minor league system, they've been cultivating that for a while, and it's all coming to fruition. Baltimore, they've been cultivating that for a while. It's all coming to fruition. We saw what they did last year in the American League East. The Brewers have a good ball, uh, a good uh, minor league system that's as they get mixed in with the major leaguers, they played extremely well. I don't care what the AAA record was. That doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is the individual performances that gets these guys to the majors. So, I mean, I said 85 to 87 wins. That's that's my if you, if you believe less than that and you're that emphatic about it and you want to you want to throw something down on it, I'm all for that. I'm good. Cuz I just unless there's mass injury, I can't see this team being less than say 85 wins. I I just I I don't see that. That's just me. I I just don't. Um Alex says if they win more than 80 games, I'll buy you dinner. Deal. I'll take that. I'll take that. I think they will. I, I And I guess my question then is, if you believe they overachieved, who overachieved? As a team or individuals? Is Sal Freelich not going to be as good? Is Garrett Mitchell not going to have the same type of success he had early on in the season? Is Christian Yelich going to go back to being the bad Christian Yelich? Is Bryce Terang not going to hit at all? I, and, you know, is, is Reese Hoskins going to be terrible, a terrible pickup at first base? Because remember, it was a down year for Willie Adamas. It was a down year for the first base position and power numbers-wise. Bryce Durang didn't really hit the ball much at all. They didn't find much out of the third base position. The real complementary piece was Contreras behind the plate and what you piece together in the outfield. So it doesn't matter if Hoskins is a rental or not. You tell me if he's going to be a good – he's a two-year contract. Is he going to be a good player or not? Is he – so is he going to be better than what they had last year? So if you're saying it was they got lucky last year, they overachieved, where did they overachieve? That that's you know, tell me which player overachieved or which group of players overachieved so I can say, okay, so what should the numbers actually be? Maybe they did. Who knows? But I don't think they're going to be as bad as some people are picking them out to be. So coming up tomorrow on the program, Grant, what do we got? Uh, we've got uh, from twenty four seven Sports. Who? So I'm I'm really excited for tomorrow's show. Actually, so Isaac Trotter is going to be here. He is like their national college basketball guy. So we can ask him about the Big Ten and like Marquette yeah. and what they're doing. So like because being here in Madison, like we have so many good Badger voices, and that's great. But, like, this is the time of year where we kind of want to zoom out and get excited about college basketball as a whole. So we're going to talk with Isaac tomorrow. And then later on in the show, Javik Blake, who does play-by-play oh. for the Bloxy Shuckers. He's yeah. really, really good, but he's watched all of these young Brewer guys, Tyler right. Black, uh, Mizorowski, Churio, and he's outstanding. So he can give us the lowdown on what we can expect with some of those guys, too. Especially we haven't even touched on Yeah. We haven't we, even touched on him. Exactly. Guys, we've been so focused on Weimer, Mitchell, Terang. Like, there's a whole nother wave of guys, and Javik can give us the the lowdown yeah. on that tomorrow. But Mizorowski, I mean, they, you know, I was reading the article on him opening eyes. I mean, 
the dude, the, he's like the Araldus Chapman of the Brewers, but with better control. He's six seven. Yeah, I mean that's that's because Araldus Chapman. The the one thing the knock on him was that he 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 just didn't have great control and didn't have big biting stuff. And eventually, when you caught up to his fastball, you could just smack it out of the park all over the place. Uh, Mizorowski is a guy that's actually got control and he's got a second and third pitch. So we'll get into that uh, a little bit coming up tomorrow as well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be good stuff. Anything else we missed today before we got a minute before we get out of here? No, uh, here's what we missed. We missed me giving you a tip of the cap for pushing through and bouncing back from concussion protocol to host a four hour <laughs> radio show today. Cause that is really, really hard to do. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm going to go lay down. That's 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 my rest of the day. I'm going to lay down. I'm going to watch some Marquette basketball tonight. Uh, maybe read a little bit if I can, and then do not much of anything. So I got through the day. Uh, the nausea is controllable. Um, so I'll take my medicine and go back to bed and lay down and get back up tomorrow and do it all over again. So, and then we've got our winner as well. So uh, if you're listening, Bobby uh, Galliest Galliest. Uh, Bobby, you were the winner of the uh, the VIP experience coming up on Friday night for the Flat Out Friday and then the Saturday experience for Mama Tried. So looking forward to that as well. So, Bobby, we got in touch with you. Hopefully you get back in touch with us. So there you have it. That'll do it. That's the Wednesday edition of the Bill Michael Show. That quick. Good stuff. Uh, until we talk again 20 hours from now, time for us to get out of here. Have a go. Woo!